the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. Welcome to another edition of the Youthscape podcast with me, Martin Saunders, and thank goodness, also Rachel Gardner. We are here in Luton in a basement on an absolutely scorching and sweltering day. Blistering heat. I like words that sound like what they're supposed to be. Yes. Like it's not enough to be hot, it's blistering, squelching. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is. It is gross, actually. (laughs) It's gross. Uh, And so so here we are, and it's so nice to see you. So nice to see you and to see you, Amy. And I, I have to say, can I say a big thank you for that introduction? Because I feel we've had our 200th episode. Yeah, it came and went. We didn't really notice. And I think I hadn't realised it was going to take it to our 200th before you say you're actually glad that I'm doing this podcast <laughs> with you. I oh. feel like I've like entered a new echelon of my career, my calling, my life. Yeah, well, no, I, I think I know that you thrive on words of affirmation and so i've committed now every 201 podcasts to you another (laughs) word of affirmation so look forward to episode 402 i like vouchers as well (laughs) there we go (laughs) martin it is hot and and we are around the world with this podcast and i have to say that my brain has gone to that place where i'm like i don't think i could go to a country that is just hotter than i'm experiencing right now I don't no, think I could. Not built for it. No, I melt. The first thing I do in this weather is melt. It, I, I don't know how people do anything in this kind of heat. It's crazy. You are the quintessential willowy English rose, <laughs> aren't you? I'm just not productive the moment the sun rises. I'm like, no, that's it. The sun's rising. No, I can't do it. it like, in this episode, to yes. tease people, yes. we are really looking forward to hearing a bit more about what you are up to. You're on a new adventure. Oh. I'm very excited about that. But we're also, because we're doing our new series, which I'm calling The Whole Earth of Youth Work. Oh, wow. The whole landscape. (gasps) The worldscape. The worldscape uh, of youth work. Um, We're going to be meeting yet another brilliant guest from another part of the world. Uh, In fact, today we're going to Switzerland. Oh, I wish we were going to Switzerland. I'm picturing now beautiful mountain rivers that kind of fresh water even just by looking at it you feel clean do you know what i mean oh yes aren't swiss streets supposed to be the cleanest wait a minute we haven't we're not yet at our fun facts so i'm gonna hold that thought. we're not our fun we're facts. not at our fun but, facts but yet. because it's now so it's, it's sort of summer now and a lot of people are thinking surely you stop things like podcasts over the summer but it's been such a wibbly wobbly yeah. crazy yes. year that we thought actually let's keep going yes. so we're going all the way through august with these uh, podcasts, yes. and and but we are in slightly more relaxed, if not dressed down, uh, mode. And so I thought, you know what? As what? we were doing Switzerland, yeah. this is the most tenuous link ever. Ooh. I remembered the best, the best pub quiz round or quiz Ooh. round on any of the Zoom quizzes I did over the last year, um, and I, I found it and dug it out for you wow. because it was about cheese. Oh wow! I love cheese. Yes, and so do the Swiss. Oh. Oh, I love cheese. Holy so, cheese. Well, yes, there you go. There's some there's Wait a minute, some is this rivaling pun. my fun facts about Switzerland? I'm, I'm, it's nothing to do oh, with Switzerland. You're encroaching that space. I, all I've done is I've, I've just, I've heard Switzerland. Yes. And I've, and I've made then, the link. I've made a link to cheese. <laughs> 
So, um, but the great thing about this is we're going to get Amy on the microphone for it as well. She's a planet brain, isn't she? When it comes to snacks, she absolutely is. Yes! It's true. So, <laughs> Welcome, Amy. So, uh, Amy is known in the office as queen of snacks. And so I think, you know, cheese definitely fits in the sort of snack area. Agreed, yeah. So I feel it, the pressure now. You should. So um, this is my cheese quiz. In fact, it's not just a cheese quiz. It's um, it's cheese or motorway service station. <laughs> And so I've got seven. I've got seven names okay. of of things that are either cheeses, English cheeses, or, or English motorway service stations. Oh, okay, so, so not give, Swiss motorway service stations because that no. might be a bit out of yes, my. We'd be very silent. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we've said we have said no accents, haven't we, on this series of the podcast? Oh, absolutely. What's the gap? So, for example, <laughs> let me give you some examples. Okay, There's a service station called Peas Pottage. But it sounds yes. a bit like a cheese. Oh, I see. Cottage cheese. Well, sort of. Right. And then if you said, you know, oh, I'm just going to drop off at Wensleydale Services, you mm. would think, oh, maybe. Okay. But they get, it gets much harder than that. Okay. okay. And so I'm going to ask you both to give me one answer for each, okay. for each of these. I'm not going to... It's <laughs> like a word association. And we're going to say... I'm stringing this out. <laughs> oh, no. like stringy cheese. Right. No. <laughs> um, it is not word association. Okay. So number one, Duddles Well. So is Duddleswell a cheese or a service station? I'm going to say cheese. I'm going to say service station. And the answer is it's a hard creamy cheese with a yes. nutty flavour. Oh, so it's not easy. This is making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have Costa? Okay. Uh, question number two. So it's one nil to Amy at the moment. Uh, number two, Charnock Richard. Definitely a service station. I, I frequent that one. Well, okay. Uh, just probably go. giving it away for Amy. Yeah. Amy, what are you going to go for? <laughs> I think we need a new... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say service station. Yeah, okay. Well. Okay, so it's still 1-0 to Amy. Wait, how does that work? Oh, because I'm not giving anyone a point because you both got the same. Uh, or 2-1 to Amy. Wait, maybe that? we should do a buzzer rather than you just ask oh, us in on. turns. Do you know what? This was a silly <laughs> idea to do for like two minutes, okay? I'm sorry, I'm just already thought, super into it. For once, I would involve you. Okay, Carrie. Okay, Tamworth. Oh, beep, beep. <laughs> Right, is Tamworth a cheese or a motorway service station? Motorway service station. Service station. Yes, services. Okay, very good. Three, two. <laughs> Sussex Slipcot. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a cheese. It's a lay-by, surely. Sussex Slipcot, is yeah. it? Uh, a lay-by service. Is it a cheese or a motorway? No, it's one of those where it's like a little van that sells kebabs <laughs> and has an overflowing bin. It's a fresh cheese <laughs> oh! made from used milk, so that's four, two. Okay, Kidderton Ash. Definitely service station. I think it's a cheese. It's a cheese. Oh, no. <laughs> so 5-2. Amy has absolutely nailed this. You're not I, the one I've yet. not tried any of these cheeses. Okay. Uh, so, Parlick Fell. Definitely cheese, but beep. Parlick sounds like Well, garlic. I'm going to say a service station just to be different then, but I don't know. It's a cheese. Oh, yes. Uh, well oh, done. And my last one. So it's 5-3. Uh, and finally, Scratchwood. Uh, I think service station. I think cheese. It's a service station. Oh, uh, we should do a tour of these uh, eating the cheese. That one was hard because it's not called that anymore. It's now called London Gateway, but it was called Scratch. Uh, so it's, a, it's not easy, is it, that? <laughs> it's surprisingly fun, Amy, wasn't yeah, it? Well, <laughs> but now I want some cheese. <laughs> you, If you want, because you can come off the mic now, you can go and get some cheese. I could go, or just eat my smoked almonds. <laughs> oh, lovely. What would be your I really am the queen of snacks. Right mm. now, what would you, would it be a Gruyere? I mean, it is actually something? a bit warm for cheese, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah. But I mean, I I do like a Wensleydale actually. Do you? Or goat's cheese. I really like goat's cheese. Mm. Yeah. I went to a wedding once where they loved cheese so much. It was 
a cheese starter. Oh, wow. A, a cheese main course. I can't remember what it's a fondue and a cheesecake for dessert. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, That's I think my cheese. gut. Why I think we're, we're going to have like one of those cakes that are made of just blocks of cheese. Oh, wow. But we're also going to have a real cake as well because not everyone <laughs> is that much into it. take a lot of a cheese home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like, so our guest, Andreas Boppart, who, you know, has got the whole of the European division of Campus Crusade for Christ listening to this. Yes. And they're like, <laughs> you said you wouldn't do any stereotypes. I apologise. And you've made it all about cheese. This is, well, it they was your idea, cheese, Martin. Though. They do great cheese. They do. Cheese. And cheese. chocolate. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Neither of which appear in the fun facts. So that's really? good. Yeah. That's very disciplined of you. Yeah, very disciplined. Well also, done. I do this very quickly. But yes, very disciplined. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, cheese. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. Right. Okay, should I turn my mic off now? You, yeah, are you still here? Yeah, sorry. Bye. Just munching the cheese. Right. That was, that, was, that was fun. The fun is over now. <laughs> We're into the serious part of the podcast. So, so, Rachel, it's really nice to see you in person. But you have come down today, not from Preston. No, not from Preston. As you were frequently boring our, our listeners <laughs> with. But you're now in a different place. I'm in East Lancashire. So I've, I've hopped across the border from west to east. And Martin's smiling because I had to do that quick north, south, east, west, my fingers. Yep. Working out which side. I'm in Blackburn. So we moved the family two weeks ago across the border. So for those of you that maybe don't know the northwest, I didn't think Burnley, Bolton, Blackburn. So Blackpool is the other side of uh, our county. But we're uh, towards Yorkshire. So, so what are you doing? What's the, what's the move? What's it well, all about? Well, it's a church plant. So we, we arrived in Prestonminster two years ago four months before the first lockdown to help establish that plant, always knowing that we'd be the first out to plant. Um, but with a real heart and a mandate really from the bishops to plant a youth resourcing church. So I suppose language can be a little bit, you know, sounds a little bit whatever, but it, it's not a youth church. It's for everybody. But the real beating heart of it is mission um, and discipleship among emerging generations. So we were, we're calling it an intergenerational church. We believe that for this particular part of Blackburn, we want to see how young people are discipled by all ages, not just in inverted commas, youth workers. Um, but we want adults that come to the church to have a real heart for young people and to be resourced. Um, and so that when someone sits in St. Luke's, that's the name of the church, and imagines a church community, maybe they're a 57-year-old and they're thinking, what picture comes to mind when I think of this worshipping community? Mm. They think about the 13-year-old boy that prayed for them yesterday. Mm. And they think about the 9-year-old that had a prophetic word. And they think about the 97-year-old who really challenged them in their faith. And they, and they would say they've got meaningful relationships across wow. the generation. So we're, we're going to be innovating and trying stuff out. Um, and it's a, a very deprived area. Yeah, just um, tell us, yeah. just sort of draw us a bit of a picture. So tell us some of the things you've noticed yes. in like some of the things in your your local high street, or, or yeah. what is it like in Blackburn? One, one of the things I noticed, and I won't speak in great depth about this because it's just more of an initial observation, is working in a community where poverty is entrenched and generational, it is, it is the big, it's the big beast that affects you irrespective of your gender, irrespective of background, irrespective of ethnicity. And so although there are multiple ways that people experience oppression and deprivation, um, poverty mm. is is a bit of a defining and a bit of a uniting thing mm. across the area that we're working in. And also it goes hand in hand with a bit of a narrative. So it's interesting moving into an area that has a bit of a national narrative. Don't go there. It's not the sort mm. of place you want to go to. It's not safe. 
the church is struggling there. The church, the amazing church leaders in Blackburn, really faithful, and it's tough. It's hard. Mm. Um, young people don't nothing. They don't achieve anything in Blackburn, and and you think, gosh, that cannot be true. Mm. Um, but it's interesting coming into a space where that that lie really rests over a community, and it's interesting for Jason and I, my husband, just tracing some of the historic links you know, in the in the city of how people have been treated in the past mm. the industrial revolution and stuff but the area we're in so it's a church of england church building think classic church of england building it's been empty for a while there's a there's a kind of inherited um, congregation that have not been able to worship there for a while so they're excited about this um, and there's a housing estate which recently featured in the film 71 because it's yeah. a film about the belt the uh, northern Ireland troubles in belfast in the 70s yeah. and so they use this housing estate to uh <laughs> because it looks more more like Belfast in the 1970s. That gives you a sense of what the community looks like, the poverty. Half of the community don't have wheelie bins because the local authority can't afford to provide them. So there's lots of mess, lots of challenges. Um, the, um, the primary school, this phenomenal primary school that recently was awarded, was told by Ofsted that they're providing this oasis of hope in the middle of such deprivation. They were saying to me recently, some of the families in the community still don't really know what COVID is because there's a sense mm. in which you don't leave this community. It's a sink estate. And then a wonderful high school. It's one of the best high schools in Lancashire um, on the other side of the of the housing estate. So there's some incredible things happening mm. but in an area where we're excited to see what it looks like if the gospel takes root and that these young people on this estate not only access the things that we do, but they become the mighty oaks that we see mm. in scripture, that they shape the church. Um, so we're really excited about that. Really yeah. exciting. So, and we're going to sort of follow the journey of that. Yes. I'll probably make about one in every three episodes, I'll I'll make some sort of Blackburn Rover pun because yes. it's literally the only I kind know. of connection I've got with oh, Blackburn. We've been, we've been given Blackburn Rover scarves. Yeah. <laughs> so, and when I did detach youth work the first time wearing it, it made life so much easier. So we're going to learn more about Blackburn. Yes. Um, and they do, they do have a good football team. So that's a nice Very thing. Good. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but just final question about it then. So what will youth ministry look like? Do you think, or what's some of your thoughts, initial thoughts about what it will look like to start youth work in, in a, in a new place, mm. uh, you know, with a group of people, perhaps who've never been to, connected to church. Like what are the first steps in a situation like that? Well, we're, we're using, to, to coin a launchpad phrase, we're using the build-in model. Mm, so there isn't mm. an existing church, there isn't existing young people, and that blank sheet of paper is beautiful. So for us, we've been praying quite a bit about where do we start the build-in, and for us it's year six, seven, and eight. So it's young people aged 11 to 14, because there's a lot of them living in the immediate vicinity, and there's, there's both schools have asked us to go in and work with them. So we're creating that kind of pipeline, like what would it look like to make contact with every young person year six to eight on this estate and then to nurture meaningful relationships and to, to bring them to spaces where we co-create with them where they can make decisions about Jesus they can be curious about faith they can try on for size um, and then to get them in, in, in spaces where they can really grow as a disciple and we're going to be a pipeline for youth alpha but our discipleship won't end with youth alpha that'll be a doorway in um, but very much seeing ourselves as a family on a mission so although we're bringing people with us who've got a real heart for young people and have huge amounts of expertise actually we're so mm. blessed um we're, we're not going to see them as the only ones that do this stuff they're there to really kind of break up the ground and to build the confidence i think in the rest of us that we can all of us connect with each other and connect with young people and be the spiritual fathers and mothers and uncles and aunties for a whole area that i think has been abandoned 
and needs to know the family of God. So we're, yeah. Love it. Got some plans. Awesome. <laughs> I feel like it's very difficult to do a segue there to some interesting facts about Switzerland. Oh, we uh, can do but, it. But, you know, that's amazing. And we're going to track that story for the next yes. few years. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. So, you know, Come stick with us. this podcast, if nothing else. Absolutely. Um, we're going to now segue into the second half of our of our podcast. And we're going to meet our guest, yes. Andreas Boppart, who is, I think, very senior, if not European director, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of mission at Campus uh, Crusade for Christ across huge swathes of, of Europe. Um, had a great conversation with him, and you're going to hear it in a minute. But first... Okay. Uh, you've got some facts. I feel this has become a bit of a, a segment that is mm. that is craved. People wait for it. Uh, do you think they do? They I skip do. forward to it. Okay, here we go. Fun facts about Switzerland. So, about Switzerland. <laughs> Switzerland. Switzerland. It was originally called Switzerland. <laughs> originally. So, everybody who has trailed this journey with us for a while will know that we begin with a mountainous fact. <laughs> so, although Switzerland is most commonly associated with the Alps, did you know, Martin, that only 15% of the Alps lie within Switzerland? Really? No, it's true. But you'd always say the Swiss Alps, wouldn't you? You would. But then now you say... The 15% that are the Swiss Alps. Wow. That's what you now say. Isn't that fascinating? And it's very small. That's like a preaching illustration. What, the, 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 the whole the country, of Switzerland? Yeah, it's very small. That, that sounded like it was your last fact. That was, that's another fact. <laughs> oh, I see. But it has 7,000 lakes. <gasps> really? If it's that small, are some of them just puddles? <laughs> I don't know, because a landmass, I'm not sure how that works. Wow. I'm not sure what makes a lake a lake rather than a puddle. But this is an interesting one. The Swiss marry late. So the average age for men to marry is 31.8. And for women, <laughs> Sorry, it's 29. Sorry, wait, wait. I, just wait. I thought you said, because I heard your last fact, I thought you said the Swiss marry lakes. Like, <laughs> like that somehow you were allowed like to, to marry yourself. Adopt a lake. To betroth yourself. <laughs> I, do, I will not take a wife. I will have a lake. That's a great accent, by the way. I shall marry myself <laughs> to a lake. Sorry, carry no. on. So they, they marry they late. They marry late. So the average is 30 for a man and 29 for a woman, which is quite close, isn't it? Yeah. But this is an interesting one. I didn't know this one. Remember, I get all of these from just the internet. So Switzerland has one of the highest rates of gun ownership, oh. but the lowest rates of gun crime of all industrialised nations. Oh, hang on. This is the <gasps> gateway drug to pro make America great again, Rachel. But apparently, one of the excuses was that because although they have guns because of national service, they have to leave the bullets behind when they go away. So they're allowed a gun. They're allowed a gun. They're allowed bullets. bullets. <laughs> there you go. So I mean, nice. again, I mean, people actually in Switzerland might not recognise any of this as their beloved wow. nation. But there, and here's another very interesting one. You got more? I have more. There are enough nuclear fallout shelters could to accommodate its entire human population. Ah, very good. They thought that through. They have thought that through. Wow. And it's the birthplace, birthplace of the Red Cross and LSD. <laughs> <laughs> so they're bringing two very different contributions to the world. Uh, there we go. And one last fact. Oh, there's more. It's a religious one. It's really frowned upon to do anything on a Sunday, so keep it lazy, people. Wow. They call it sacred. There was no reference about it being a religious thing, but they just, just don't do anything on a Sunday, just keep Very it lazy. I think that's great. We should adopt that. I, I know that you get these from the internet, I but it, if it hadn't been for COVID, we would have just sent you to all these countries. <gasps> and like a rough guide a kind of reporter. compiler, you could have just gone around. You could have been our Blackburn Rover. I'd have been a 
Blackburn Rover. <laughs> and you could have gone around these different places and compiled facts. I'm so sorry that you couldn't. That was it. That's the extent of my fun facts. That was very good. Interesting. Informative and fun, people. And they so they do marry lakes or they don't marry they lakes? They don't marry lakes, but they marry each other lakes. Ah, oh, that's helpful. There we go. Just Great <laughs> distinction. There we go. So I think we need to now bring some genuinely good content. It's a very honouring introduction, isn't it, to our guest, uh, who ne- doesn't need much of an introduction. This is this guy He's is awesome. brilliant. Yes. Uh, so this is what happened when I met Andreas Boppart. So we will start with your name. So I have been instructed to call you Boppy. That's that's a good instruction. And so is that is that what you're known as generally? That's not your real name though, is it? No, it's not my real name, it's my nickname, but my, my whole name is Andrew Bobart. But in my age, back in my in, when I grew up, there were yeah. a lot of an awful lot of Andrew. I think fifty percentage of all um, male uh, young boys have been named Andrew. <laughs> so right. um, okay. there there we needed a solution to define uh, which Andrew do you mean and some was Andy and Andrew and whatever and uh, they called me Bobby and um, and it stuck it stuck I love it so uh, so hello thanks for doing the the podcast um, so just first of all uh, where are you you're obviously on a, a growing farm but you're in Switzerland so where, whereabouts whereabouts in Switzerland are you Oh, that's that's a, a, a smart question, but you you a Swiss you never ask where you are because Switzerland is so small. Uh-huh. I, I'm just in Switzerland. I mean, <laughs> uh, actually, I'm at the very top of the north, um, okay. like very close to the German border. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, within one two hours, you are everywhere in Switzerland, so it's not a big deal. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to come and visit sometime. That sounds that sounds excellent. I, I you hear- should. Have, have you never been in Switzerland? I'm, well, it's only small. God, what's wrong with you? I've never been invited to Switzerland. Oh. That's it. I haven't done anything to upset the Swiss, but I've never been. I've never had a reason to go. Oh, I mean, you should come. It's beautiful here. I'd love to come. Maybe after this. I'd, I've been to the border uh, with France and I've looked into Switzerland, but I don't think I've actually been into Switzerland. So. Oh, that's... You have been close to the paradise, but... Just close. Is it paradise? Is it? Do you do you love your country? Feel very kind of proud and positive about your country. Wow, uh, proud. I don't. I, uh, proud is a strong word, but I love my country. I mean, it's really it's a beautiful place to live, um, and we have better chocolate and better cheese than you. And um, so you know, if I if I had brought those things up, that would have been considered racist. But uh, because you said it, yes. The chocolate and the cheese of Switzerland is is incredible. I don't know what good stuff comes out of England. I don't know what you know. We would say, oh maybe, yeah, we've got oh, your your language, maybe. Oh yeah, your thanks for your best for export that. ever. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we had some good bands. We had some good. Oh, bands true. Um, so so you're in Switzerland, but you your work you you don't just work in Switzerland. You work across several countries. So just give us a, a, a an idea of what you. Uh, what you do because you've got a big job and it's kind of exciting that you've made time to talk to me this morning. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I lead an organization um, internationally called Crew, or in, in the UK it's Agape, in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, where I, I, I'm leading this. It's called Campus für Christus. Um, and we, 
we have projects just from Switzerland. We have projects in about 80 different countries. So we work in North Korea, in Cuba, in Bolivia, um, from Germany. We were working on Haiti, in Africa, Benin. And, and uh, so it's, it's uh, in Asia. So it's, it's really, for me, it's, it's, it's an adventure to be here because it's, it's, it's the world. Um, I personally, I am not at every spot of the world. Um, I try to lead the thing, and uh, my focus um, is mainly on on Europe, on the Euro on European countries. Uh, but um, I really love the, the diversity of my work. For me, it's um, traditionally it's called it's a it's a, an organization uh, about evangelization and mission. But I don't like the taste. The flavor that the word evangelization got in the past decades. So I really, I'd love to build a, a movement with a holistic view about the gospel. Um, uh, I like to build a movement that is all about the gospel. And then we end up with the question, what, what is the gospel? What is the good news? And I think we narrowed it very much in the past decades. We narrowed it down to a, a short story, a true story, but a very short story. Like um, there is guilt, there is forgiveness, and there is eternity. And that's not wrong, but it's very, very one-sided. It's very, very narrowed. And that's, that's the reason why sometimes it's so powerless into, into these times um, we, li we are living in. Wow. Okay. You've said a lot there. So I just want to go back into some of that. So when you say you're trying, you want a bigger gospel and a bigger kind of evangelization, evangelism, what, what are some of the things then that we need to bring in that have sometimes been left out of the gospel, do you think? Um, I think it's the whole discussion. What is more important to, to do good things or to tell the truth? And we, um, we, so you can't uh, take these things apart. I mean, it's, it's a discussion, a theological discussion about decades. Uh, and in the past, I think in the past century, we were not so much aware about the importance of a whole gospel because we were very much into a, into a blame culture. I think that's the right blame culture. Is it, I would say, Translated from German into English, it would be a guilt culture. It, it was about guilt and blame. And there was it perfectly to, to underline the message that Jesus died at the cross and he died because of my guilt, because of my sin, and he forgives me and there is eternity. And we were into world wars, but there was not a lot of hope for this world. So it was perfect to talk about eternity is somewhere, something that is coming. And not not something that is now, and that's that's everything is fine about this, but it's very narrow because it, it, now we ended up. Uh, that's what um, sociologists say that we are ended up in a in a society that is much more driven by shame, and that changes everything. We we are fearing that we now have to change the gospel. No, we just have to to rediscover the whole gospel because Jesus also died because of our shame. When you go back to the, to the very beginning of the Bible, the sinful was about sin. This, they blamed each other. It was about fear, like also a driving force of the culture, fear culture, uh, because they hide themselves. And it was about shame. They covered themselves. 
And when Jesus died, he, it was a firework of salvation. And in, in, the, in the past decades, it was perfectly to, to tell you are a sinner, you, have, you need forgiveness and there is eternity because she, people were in this thinking. But nowadays people say, no, I'm not a sinner. I mean, young people in a shame culture, they don't think they are doing mistakes. Their, their driving feeling is I am a mistake. I am personally a mistake. So I think we need to, to underline other parts of the gospel so that we can come back into a powerful um, expression of the gospel. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I, I love, we've, we've done a lot of these interviews now with different uh, leaders around the world. And there's so many themes that uh, resonate and uh, reoccur across different uh, countries. And this is another one. And uh, yeah, I, I think when we look at what young people get very fired up about now, it's um, it's things like uh, racism and injustice and poverty and all these kind of big global issues that that very small gospel doesn't it just doesn't have anything to say into into that kind of stuff. That's the world. The world is broken, but it's over here. And we're just focused on my individual sin because I punched my sister and therefore I need to be. I need to repent of my sin because otherwise I'll go to hell forever because I punched my sister. And and th th as you say, there are some bits of that that it's not it's not it's not that it's not true that uh, my personal sin matters. But Jesus also died for structural sin, and Jesus dies for all these bigger things. I love what you're saying about. Uh, well, I don't love what you say, but it really resonates what you say about young people not feeling like they. They don't. They're not worried about doing as doing a sin, but they feel that they themselves are not worthy of love. Yeah, I, I think I think it's we always are trying as Christians to to find a way. How can we tell the gospel better into this society? Um, but I think now this whole situation we are entered is it's one of the massive I, ch chances for us. I would call it. It's a a once in a century chance for us to do a paradigm shift, to learn from the young culture. I mean, we can learn from them so much. I, I think we are so powerless because we, we missed the opportunity to speak into all these topics. And now they are bumping up because we didn't do all the changes that, that the gospel has called us to do. Like when Jesus, when Jesus lived, um, he started such a strong movement. It was about equality. It was about there is no not no such thing like uh, in front of God, every everybody is the same, men and women, uh, slaves and uh, and masters. And we are still into this black and white topic, and it needs uh, Black Lives Matter uh, campaigns. And we are still into this topic that that uh, even in our church. Or mainly in our church, women are somehow uh, under under the man. But I think these are things Jesus started this movement. We should have raised our voice, uh, and 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 um, the gospel is is also about this equality, about uh, this being together in front of God. And uh, I think because we missed it, now they are. 
bumping up or popping up every, everywhere because our voice was so loose. So we have the chance now to learn and not say this is not important because it's about the cross. It's about Jesus. Yeah, it's about the cross. And yes, it's about Jesus. But when Jesus sent out his 12 apostles, he already said, go and bring the gospel. And there was not even a cross. So the gospel must, must be some, something that is more than the cross. It's, it, it, that doesn't limit the cross. It, I think it, it broadens the beauty of the gospel when we dig into these topics where Jesus brought um, salvation in because he restored the whole brokenness of a world, not just the brokenness of my pers pers uh, personal life, like you said, punching my sister. It's more than that. Amazing. Gosh, we could, we could, we weren't even supposed to talk about any of this, but this is exciting. Um, so, so, um, you have a bit of a pan European view, you know, what do you think is, uh, are some of the shifts that we need to be aware of in the culture in Europe? Because it seems to me like, um, uh, there is a huge decline almost everywhere in Europe in terms of church. And what we're really interested in on the, on this podcast is, uh, our relationship, our engagement with teenagers, young people. Um, what do you see as some of the, the shifts that we need to respond to if we're going to re-engage um, uh, young people again across the continent? Yeah, I think um, what, one of the main shifts is what I, what I told already is that, that we are facing now a young culture with a very strong shame culture inside. So they are, they are on social media. They always constantly see that they are not enough. That's the message. You see the beautiful pictures of everybody, the beautiful lives, and you see backstage in your life, and you see your brokenness. And there is not the need, oh, you're a sinner, Jesus forgives you, because they don't feel that they are, that they am a sinner. That's, that doesn't mean that they, uh, uh, that, this is, uh, to be a sinner is not fact. It, it is still fact. But um, what they need to hear is that there is a Jesus that loves them unconditionally into their brokenness. I was so um, I was so um, um, how you say excited about uh, the, the, the story when Kanye West become Christ one or two years ago. It was a big topic, and Christians discuss: Is he really becoming? Is this, is this a real Christian or not? Uh, I don't care about this. I mean, um, <laughs> the good thing is he was asked um, by an interviewer, um, do, you, um, do you feel guilty about what you did in the past, about your life, about the bad behaviors and all this kind of thing? And he said, no, why should I? He said, I'm a perfectionist and I realize that I never will um, reach the level I want to be because I'm even as a perfectionist, I'm not good enough. And I realized God is perfect. And that, that I was drawn to this perfect God. And he's, I mean, he had a conversion to God, not because if I'm such a sinner, he had a conversion to God because he felt I need God because I'm not perfect. And so I think we really need to, to um, go into our theology and talk about things what is a, a real conversion? We need to, to um, redefine what do we think is the gospel. Is it you're a sinner, you need Jesus, or is it you're, you're human, you need Jesus? 
there is a God that loves you unconditionally. And maybe that people recognize, oh, I'm a sinner. Maybe this happens two years later or five years later or seven years later, but they are entering a journey with God. So I think we have to do the paradigm shift as Christians, not to think we are the ones who know everything. We are the ones who invite uh, them to the knowledge, um, but we are the ones who are as well on a journey to God. And I want to create rooms of resonance where God's Holy Spirit can resonate and where I invite people into my journey with God, where we experience Jesus together. I think this is a big difference in our thinking um, into this shame culture. I love that. I love that. Um, gosh, there's so much here. Uh, I guess one last question I would have is just uh, particularly across, you've got a huge organization and, and actually we're not just going to think about Switzerland now all over the world. Um, what are some of the good news stories, maybe not on this, even on this continent, but what are some of the good news stories, the exciting things that are getting your blood flowing at the moment, you're seeing really exciting stuff happen, God moving, even in, even in this post-pandemic time? I love that, that still today, God is on the move. I mean, today I, I see young people experiencing God, sometimes out, out of our boundaries, out of the, 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 the how do you say, out of, the, out of our rules, out of the context we built where we think, if you are in, in this, you will experience God. They have other values because they draw values not like me. I, am, I draw a value from, uh, like, I think, because God says, you should not lie, I believe this. But a shame culture is not building values like this. A shame culture is not asking what is right and wrong. A shame culture is asking what are the, the group around me is doing. So if the whole group is lying, they think lying must be quite okay. And now we can talk about right and wrong, but I think the gospel is less right and wrong than we think. And God is on the move in all these areas. And I see people receiving God in a in a other way I have received him. And that challenged me personally. Is it the same God? Yes, it is. Is it the same spirit? Yes, it is. Is it the same Jesus? Yes, it is. But it's a completely different way of expression of faith they have. I mean, I, I, I just, it's not just about young people. I just received a, a letter from a 60, 80 years old lady. And she wrote me that for 30 years, she was on a journey, on a spiritual journey, not a Christian spiritual journey. She was searching for spirituality everywhere around the world. She, she tried everything with all the spirits and ghosts and whatever is around there. She tried to, to connect with everything. And with 66 years, her life broke because a relationship stopped and she was broken and she felt that she invested her whole 66 years life into becoming a better person, into, into getting the, the spirit and, or what kind of spirit. And so she ended up on an island where she wanted to find herself. And there she wrote me, um, literally, it struck her out of heaven, out of heaven it struck her that the whole life is um, is just um, the, the reason, the sin, not the sin, the reason, the the reason of life, the goal of life is to um, to to get to know God better, and to get to know Jesus better. That's all. And so she she started her journey to 
to get to know God, on, not in the church, because she never attended a church service. So she, she was searching for God in the internet, reading, uh, pod, listening podcasts, reading texts, uh, listening. So she ended up with a message I did about God, and, and that's why she wrote me. And I was so touched because she said, um, you out there, you are beacons of hope. You are uh, towers of light for me. And uh, it's not in the context of church like we think it should be. It's out of all our known context. And I was so touched that our God, that my God is so in love with people and he has such a passion for people that he can do wild things and he can even in the midst of a pandemic pandemic time where it's not, not even be possible to connect he connects with people directly and he speaks to them and he moves with them and he has a lot of patience um, for 30 years waiting and um, observing our journey but he is still with everybody he is still close to everybody and on the road and I I see many things going on uh, worldwide in different um, different ways and I'm I'm just um, um, excited about what God is doing. God has not changed. He was not surprised about the pandemic and he was not like, oh, I'm so shocked what is happening here. <laughs> I mean, God is still in control and God is still in love with people. Feels like a cliche, but I'm gonna keep saying it. There is something so life bringing about hearing different voices from different contexts. But you're like, yeah, I totally get it. If I was sat with you in a room, we would be best buddies chatting about this stuff. Yeah, I love that. One last fun fact about Switzerland <laughs> is they have the most expensive meat in Europe. Do they? And the heaviest. Oh no, that's not Switzerland. That's a future country. We're gonna go to the podcast. So that's a little trailer for. Poland. That's really weird. I, I just felt I should advertise the rest of the season. And I thought that was a good way to do it. I came up with that all by myself. Did you I don't know that? how you did that. All on your own. I didn't check that, didn't pass it by oh, anybody. That's, that was a lot, a lot of fun. Sorry. Can I just say that when um, you arrived this morning from... Blackburn, uh, in the office. You came up the step and I walked around the the office and warned people. As if like there was a storm warning or something. She's here. As if as if you know when Roy Schneider in um in, in, in Jaws, like, get out of the water. Um it was a bit it was a bit like That's that. your moment, hide in the loo. I was like, just so you know, if you've been working quietly, because I just felt I felt the office was so quiet that they just needed a moment to steady themselves. But I did go around the office. You did. And then you went, I'm going around to just make myself known. I, I think I announced hello, beloved ones at one point. Yeah. To a room full of what? Oh. Well, I'm just in the accounts. Go away. Yeah. Who are you? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're wrapping this up. Landing on a lake, people. Here we go. <laughs> we're marrying the lake. Marrying the lake. It's done. Um. So I think you're right. I think this has been a wonderful season and it's so exciting to hear from all these different people who like we speak different languages and, and we're in completely different contexts. And thankfully, they all speak English. And yes. we, we we just see immediately this kind of resonance. It's like, oh, no, you're like yes. me. Like we care about the same things. And uh, and I, I have loved the sense all the way through this of, of a, you know, a unity mm. and a, a single mindedness and 
you know, we've commented a few times. I don't know whether we've done it while we've been recording or not, but, uh, you know, it almost seems like the Holy Spirit might be saying yes. something to someone yes. in a, a country three or four or 10,000 miles away to us and also to us. And that is yeah, it's beautiful. very exciting. Let's have our ears open to that. Yeah. yeah. So good. So do stay tuned for the next few episodes because there's more to come. But thank you for joining with us. And you are our beloved ones. And we love you. Have a great day. Bye.